Hey everybody, this is Dario with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! We're back again. Another week of Monday Night Football. Another week of Monday Night Football. What would you have worn if the Niners lost? That's a good question. I like how our special guest is yeah, already chiming before in. Before I could even and introduce him, <laughs> And you know what? If the Niners lost, which would have never happen, a 99.9% chance that that would not have happened. But if they did lose, I still would have wore this jersey because of the fact that it's one game. They weren't going to lose. They okay, gonna, okay, 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 okay. I'm joking. This is going to be you a guys. show. Yes, it well, is. No, it See won't. I am your host, Christina Kaplan. <laughs> Aside from my wonderful panel here, we have a very special guest joining us tonight. Yes. Guys, introduce yourselves, and then I will introduce our special guest. That is Massey. Today, I am known oh, as geez. Jerry Rice, number 80, also known as Kevin John. <laughs> but Rice today, happy birthday, Jerry Rice, 52. He is 52. I'll give you that, even though it looks like a Victor Cruz jersey. But hey, guys, I'm oh, Steph Z. Oh. <laughs> and our special guest, Bram Hoover, yes. who's got a brand new football movie, 23 Ooh, Blast, yeah. Yeah. coming out October 24th. That's right. Bram, tell us a little bit about your movie. Uh, 23 Blast is the true story of Travis Freeman. Uh, Travis is the first known blind football player, and he went blind overnight. He was 13 when it happened. Uh, he had a really rare case of meningitis, and uh, yeah, lost his eyesight overnight, and he played center. And wow. uh, I actually went to high school with Travis. He was a senior when in I was... In real life? Yes, in real life. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's so why... So did they know that when you went in for the casting? That you... Or, or how, how did you no, get cast? I wrote, I wrote the movie. This, yeah. That's how he sealed the deal? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. So you, you got in through the back. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made all make sense. No, yes. he created it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's a really inspiring story. And I hear also that you grew up playing football your whole life. I did. So did you play with Travis? I did. I did play with Travis. He was a senior when I was a freshman. So uh, I was unfortunately on the sidelines as a freshman. But uh, I got to see it firsthand. Pretty crazy to see, you know. So that's awesome. So being that you wrote the movie, that's why. Because sometimes when people write the movie they cast themselves as the lead right and i know you're one of the leads but you're not actually the you know the player that goes blind right. so He's a because smart yeah. no, <laughs> but because you witnessed it you more so wanted to tell it from your perspective because if you didn't witness it and you just heard about the story and read it right. normally you would probably cast yourself as the lead right so that's i was wondering that and now i know yeah now that's awesome that is pretty freaking amazing now 23 blast that's actually the name of a play correct it is. It is. And it's the fullback running through the three hole. Yes. The, it's the two back through the, the two, three hole. Two back through the three hole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> good. good. You know, I, I kept, I 
picked on to that. Yeah. You ran a similar play called a 23 uh, ISO. Oh, but, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, real quick, can you just move your mic up a tiny bit? Yes. I'm getting a note from the uh, back. There you go. Perfect. Better. Um, <laughs> Bram, Sorry, what I got a note in the window to tell you that. What position did you play? Oh, I played wide receiver, running back, um, long snapper, punt returner. That wow. was an athlete. Yeah, backup quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so you, like you sound like Percy the Harvin. perfect specimen for what we've been talking about in all of our, you know. 40. What was your 40? Uh, four or five. Okay. Dang. Okay, you got some right. I, I benched 300, squat 500. Okay. Um, 36-inch vertical. I think, wow. Wow. I think he could kick our ass. I really think he could. I still take him one-on-one. Uh, <laughs> I want to see an arm wrestle. Now, you know, you guys were talking about the Giants and Cruz earlier. I'm serious. Snap that tweet. We should actually do that. Now, I'm serious. It's going to happen. Uh, we, we already have the, yeah. the, the, the thing here. I'll now, hold him. You just want to hold our muscles. That's I do. Um, now, I was going to ask, you know, did you ever get, because we were talking about Giants earlier, do you ever get Jason Seahorn? You know, I don't think I've ever gotten that, but I I, I know what he looks like, and I can see that. <laughs> that that's a compliment, actually. Yeah. I mean, that, that, he's a swag hey, guy. He's got a beautiful wife, too. Or I did. I don't know if they're still married. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys see Ron, Rondé Barber over here? Ah. <laughs> Rondé. Speaking of wives, didn't, wasn't Rondé Barber the one that like left his wife? And that was like, Tiki. Oh, Tiki. Okay. Same thing. Tiki was the one that played for the Giants, and as soon as he left, they won the Super Bowl. That is right. Bad luck. That I don't right. know, man. Sucked. Yeah, yeah. But um, and he was like that guy for that team, anyway. I so okay, hold on, Bram <laughs> is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. Tell us what it's like to be a Bucks fan, because none of us know. I mean, Steph Z could probably relate to you the most because she's a Jets fan. Right. You know, <laughs> what made you become a Tampa Bay Bucks fan? Um, I lived in Tampa, Florida, for like nine, ten years, and in Kentucky, we don't have any pro teams, so I kind of adopted the Buccaneers. Um, so, but after 2002, when we won the Super Bowl, it's, it's been downhill since then. So <laughs> it's it's a disappoint, disappointing year after disappointing year. Hey, Dude, there's still a chance to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. forever. It's, it's never it's never too late. Yeah, it's yeah. Never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> Of course, a Jets fan would say that, but you know, you, you, you never. Oh, <laughs> Dude, I, hope, I hope we just don't win any more games so yeah. we can pick a new team. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's from the seventies gong show. That or something. No, it's not. Know, that's right? from the Price Is Right. Oh, you're right. Come on, I was Come just on. there. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite player? My favorite player, um, Michael Vick. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. So, 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 so uh, can you speak about Vic's current status as an athlete? I mean, we, we see he's diminishing. He is. Do, wh- how many years do you say Vic has left? Um, it, not um, not many. <laughs> you know, I I have to disagree. I don't know Uh-oh. that he's completely diminishing. I think that right now. Did you see him? Uh, the game I before did. last. I did. I was there. You were. I saw the game. I just think that. I would like to see Michael Vick start and play two full games, and I think everybody would be surprised. They would. He'd get back into it. He would get He'd right get back, back into, into it. He thing. he left. He had all the trouble with his legal stuff, this, that, and the other thing. He never came fully back, never got back to the top. Then he got traded. Now he's sitting on the bench, and he's watching this rookie make stupid mistakes. Oh, yeah. And he's sitting there trying to stay positive. Like, that's got to kill your ego. Let right. the man play. I would be happy to see him fully play a couple how did, games. How did it feel as a Tampa Bay fan? To win the Super Bowl, right, and then have your starting quarterback get traded. Yeah, I think that's the only team that's ever, ever happened done that. To. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then again, that's like, like the craziest but, thing. But that's a loom over Trent Dilfer's hand. Like, look, oh look who God. the starting quarterback was, though. You're not that. Trent Dilfer, honestly, if you look at quarterbacks to win Super Bowls the yes. last 15 years, yes. is probably the only one referred to as a game manager. And what I mean by game manager is referred to as a non-franchise quarterback that was able to control the game and win first team. So I wasn't shocked that they traded him. Right. We're not talking about a Joe Montana, a Steve Young, a um, you know, gonna or the other Forty Niners. Maybe I was a little biased with that, but yeah. still, you know. Um, but, but but yeah, I mean, yeah, the Bucks are Peyton bad. Manning, Eli Manning, <laughs> just keep going to the Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, he won too. 
why don't we get into the tonight's 49ers game? Tonight. Yeah, let's yes. get into Which... the game. And then before we do wrap up, though, I would like to talk more about the movie. I've got some questions. Yeah, I yeah, did some ahead. research. Uh, we can do it after the game if you want. We'll wrap back up with. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll come back. Yeah, around. we'll come yeah. back around to that. Sounds but good. there are some more wanna, things. We want to hear what Bram has to say about uh, what he thinks about Monday Night Football. Yeah, well. we want to yes. hear about Monday Night Football, and then we want to yes. talk some more about the twenty-three blast Please. and the arm wrestle. Yes, we had the St. Louis Rams and the 49ers. We all chose 49ers, right? <sighs> yes. You know what? Let me say this. The 49ers had my confidence shook that first quarter. They I'm did. I'm not going to lie. Okay, first of all, I was just saying. I'm just, this is gonna, I'm Kevin just, is going to be on the defense on everything we say. Well, okay, now, remember, me, I'm not a fan. I'm just a guy watching a football game. And the productivity was right. So let me ask you then, Thaddeus. Let me ask you: Did the car? I'm sorry. Did the um, Rams Rams play their offense play that good, or was it the 49ers' defense played that bad in that first quarter? I think it was a little bit of both. I think the, the you know 49ers were just. <sighs> They weren't filling gaps. They weren't shooting the gaps. None of that. They weren't stopping the run. It's like, what is going on here? I, I, yeah. You know. And then the Rams were just—they were just executing their plays as they practiced them. Before we get too into it, I have to say this, and I know that whatever. But did you guys all see the national anthem? That violinist no, that played I it? it. I, did, I saw the tail end of that. Sick. It was awesome. Good. It was yeah. really good. Like I didn't expect it. I was like the professional violinist, and it, he just was like. Ah! It was really, really awesome. That's cool. And the other thing that stuck out to me right when the game started is I love that they played with the throwback jerseys tonight because it kind of almost felt like it was L.A. versus San Francisco. And I just love those super bright, like, superhero colors. So mm. it just reminded me of my Dickerson jersey I used to have. Dickerson. Well, Dickerson. It, also, I own one. it also is a San Francisco-St. Louis National League baseball championship going on right now. There you go. There you so... Go. We had the, you know, head-to-head in both sports, which is cool. But let's talk about Austin Davis. Oh, man. Goes from fourth string to starter. He was undrafted out of Southern Miss, uh, got let go by the Rams, was on the uh, Dolphins practice squad for like a week, I think they said, got picked back up by the Rams, thrusted into the spotlight, basically, in, was it week three? Yeah, mm-hmm. and somewhere in that mix too, he was completely out of the NFL though, and was like coaching yes, high school. Yes, and he said, "This is my last chance." Once yeah. he got the chance with the Rams again, and what what you, what is your evaluation on his overall performance tonight? I'll give you his stats. He was twenty-one and forty-two, <sighs> threw for two hundred thirty-six yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Let's let's start with Bram. What did you think of him? I thought he was good. Of course, it's, he didn't obviously put together a complete game. He had great moments and he had bad moments. The interception that he threw for a pick six at the end of the game, you know, it's hard to count that against him. But, I mean, he's good. He definitely has potential. He, you know, he has to just put together a full game. I mean, he's got receivers, so, you know. Yeah, I agree. He definitely, in that first quarter, he showed a lot of promise. And you're right, that last interception that he threw was... Sealed the deal. It was just bad. It, it was just, you know, it, it was his fault. Yes, they were playing good man-to-man coverage there, but... It was just, I don't know, it was the end of the game. He was probably feeling a lot of pressure, like, this is my last opportunity to save this for my team. So, yeah, I can't really count that against him against him too much. But what do you guys think? What did you think of him? Well, first Kevin? of all, just to piggyback on your feel-good story, you know, obviously we know who I was going for tonight. <laughs> but with that being said, I can still respect Austin Davis. I can respect yes. his background and story. And it kind of makes you think, Back to 99 when there was this guy named Kurt Warner who right. took over midway, um, you know, t- uh, a few games into the season and had a Cinderella type season, ultimately took him to Super Bowl one against the Titans. But Kurt Warner, prior to that, he was stocking shelves right. while trying to get a job in a CFL playing quarterback. So I looked at that and then I looked at Austin and I was like, man, these are similar kind of stories. The unfortunate thing is Austin obviously did not complete the game in full fashion. The first quarter, he was impressed. So if you looked at that first drive, they drove 80 yards yeah. down the field. He connected. He was like 5 of 6 or 6 for 7. Yep. I don't know the exact stat. Yep. But he was sharp that first drive. Um, even the first quarter alone, he was very sharp on. And I think someone tweeted me, are you nervous or something? I don't know if that was. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I go point fingers, but somebody said that. <laughs> I'll take it. 
And I think I was laughing when I read that because I was just like just watch and wait. <laughs> but to say that, um, you know, I guess to finish with my assessment of him, he looked sharp the first quarter. In the second half, he was absolutely horrendous. He didn't complete a pass until under six minutes in the fourth quarter, which means he went practically, what, 21 minutes without a completed pass the second half. So his game completely fell apart. I don't know whether that's to well, him that, exactly, or if you attribute that to the dominance of the San Francisco right, the pass 49ers. rushing from the 49ers. I would, I would, have, to, well, I would yeah. have to attribute that to the stepped-up defense exactly. as opposed to the dominance of the 49ers. <laughs> the defense, the, First the 49ers, of all, we're ranked right 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 The 49 yeah. <laughs> I'm about no, to go, I'm about, I'm about I'm to go off, so go ahead. I'm going to push this button the same. But I would have to say that... The 49ers stepped their game up <laughs> tremendously, obviously, and they actually started playing like the 49ers that we know that they are because they played like crap in the beginning of the game. They stepped up, and then, of course, the the Rams are obviously not on that level. They just kind of fell apart at the same time. So it was just like a, a yeah. changing of the tides, really. Well, I think, too, uh, what, to more to your point, Kevin, it was really cool because Kurt Warner, when you actually see him upstairs. And yes! So it was kind of that cool, awesome. like that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but as far as Davis, I really liked him. I thought he was awesome. I thought he was on point. I don't know if you guys heard it. I don't know where you watch, but they were comparing him to Drew Brees, mm-hmm. which I felt was a little bit premature. Disrespectful. Yeah, I, the, or that. Um, and something that I saw and I felt the pain of, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, is that their new offense coordinator is Brian Schottheimer, Shotty. And he was with the Jets before this. And it was a very similar thing to the Jets come out big and they fall apart in the end. So I don't know if he's playing to Davis's weaknesses and strengths the way he should be as well. That might be a factor in what happened at the end. Also, he's new. His story's great. You, he, you know, he'll get better and better. I think he has the talent. But again, I've seen, it's almost like I felt like I was watching a similar Jets story. It's like, you get out in front of the team that you're supposed to, you're the under dog and then it just falls apart and they missed called plays, misreads, all that happens. So well the problem was he was under duress the whole second half if you right. saw. And there's no way a quarterback can lead when every play they're under duress, they're um, trying to evade defenders. They can't get in their zone. They can't develop the correct chemistry with the receivers and they're not going to be able to make plays. Right. And San Francisco that whole second half they were you know they blanketed him. Right. He couldn't do anything. They became more so, cohesive too. I think they also adjusted their game plan as well because I think there's probably some underestimation there, or so yeah. it seemed. Yeah, that oftentimes happens as well. Sometimes teams come out and they're a little complacent based on who they're playing or who in their mind psychologically they're playing, and then a couple of plays happen and they're like, "Okay, wait a minute, we're we're we're, we're in a game. We're not going to let this happen." And then they wake up and then they start competing right. like how they know they're they're supposed to and what everybody expects of them. And that's kind of that's kind of what it seemed like. You know, you woke up a sleeping giant during the game. Like the, it didn't seem like the 49ers came ready to play. It seemed like they they just kind of took it like, "Oh, we're going to win this game." It's like, "No, you got to play and win this game." And he, you know, you you can still lose this game if you let them beat you kind of yeah. thing. You know, you can still lose a game if you don't come to play, regardless of how much talent that you have. So, I think it took them a minute for them to realize, "Okay, these guys came to play." And so we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to go to work and we have to play and that's what they did. But they could have lost that game. They because you saw the first half. The Niners, their offense was pretty much dormant, right. with the exception of that eighty-yard bomb with like fifteen seconds Ooh. left yeah. when yeah. Kaepernick hit Floyd. Mm-hmm. You know they they really couldn't get anything rolling but offensively. Yeah. That was bad defense. I don't think he oh, would have got that defense. ball. I don't think he would have had that touchdown Absolutely. if it weren't for. And that was a momentum changer as well. Yes, that happened. Yeah. And also, yes. I, I believe. You're talking about that streak up the sideline on the left side? No, it wasn't yep. a streak. It was a bump. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like yeah. he... It was like a bump. Well, it wasn't like he... <laughs> it was he ran, he ran an out streak. He ran an out and go. Yeah. And then and cap hit him. It was like an 80-yard pass. Yeah. What is it, out and go, or did he do a double move and then go? Yeah, he did, he did a double shift. He did a double shift, like a hitch. It was like a hitch and go. No, but you're thinking of the other one. It was on the other side, and he went Oh, like Michael Crabtree. Yeah. When he did the zigzag, yeah. That's called a, a post-corner post. It's a PCP. No, that, that was on the right side of the field. <laughs> Not the drug. Brandon Lloyd on the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm talking about on the left side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was Lloyd. He did a little hitch, because he ran, did a little move, like he was going to do a hitch. I think that was man. I think they were in man, and the guy just got beat. But you should be... Well, no, they show, but they 
showed they broke down that play later yeah. on and they showed they showed Jenkins the corner that was supposed to be on him mm-hmm. was like 2 to 3 yards behind him the whole time yeah. and then they showed the rest of those defensive players were like all in the middle of the field yeah. where yeah. there was only one other offensive player that yeah. free safety should have been on that side Right. glued on and and he bit and came up to k- take the tight end and whenever you're in that particular situation especially mm-hmm. with 15 seconds left not necessarily that you want to go on a prevent defensive mode Definitely not. but you you don't want to give up big yardage and I didn't he understand just got, he just got beat yeah. he had that double move and he bit on it he bit he that's bit. what happened so yeah. it was, he was there in man and he got he got beat Still, let Still, me ask you regardless this. Regardless right, of the scheme, he was a man. Was that was, the one, that's also, what Chad that Ochocinco used to have those. Or, like, you don't remember Chad Ochocinco? Yeah, exactly. So when you got that one-on-one battle, you're on that island, it doesn't matter what's going on over here, kind of, sort of. Right. They're but, on that island, he got beat. That boy got beat. He got burnt. He got burnt. Yeah. What I was Toast. trying to say was, because what I meant was, was that that was a big momentum changer. And I don't know what you guys think, but the Rams did get one kind of penalty against them that was kind of shit. Call, right? yes. Oh, yeah. The, the offensive uh, the pass offensive interference. The offensive pass interference yeah. that was not a pass interference at all. It was It was awful. No, was that was a momentum awful. changer as well. Because that, say they converted that, that first, first down. down. Because that was the first down he would have They would have kept that drive alive and um, would have got at least a field goal or a touchdown and that Cook just killed Because broke that yep. tackle. Yeah. Like he had an awesome break tackle. That right. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I think that was the point in the game where the momentum completely shifted. Oh yeah. Like 100% was yeah. 49ers and gone. Yeah. But then there was another controversial, well, I shouldn't say controversial, but questionable call, that holding. He barely grabbed him. It's like, they, and they even said, the announcer said that this is something that the refs are saying that if you grab the jersey, jersey at all, they're going to call it. Mm-hmm. But it's it comes to a point where it's the like, no fun let him play. <laughs> yeah, It's not know, like he's ripping him down. And it wasn't even on purpose either. But, you know, honestly, we, we kind of got a premonition of this during the preseason when they called so many flags on so many uh, penalty flags, that is. on so many. I mean, there were more penalty flags thrown this preseason than, than ever before. And I think that's just ref uh, officiating. They're trying to crack down a lot more this year on various penalties. They're trying to protect the quarterbacks more. And... And, well, um, that's because of the big lawsuit. Guaranteed well, that's because more people are complaining they got true. hurt. I mean, there was a huge lawsuit in the little, like, what lawsuit do yeah, you was, hear about where they're like, no, you guys should sue for more money. Yeah, it, like, it was Because the insane. NFL had to do all that. Of course the NFL's like, you guys are going to get out there and pull, pull your flag hey, out. it's a contact sport. I predict by the year 2025... That NFL football will, will be officially flag. be two-hand touch. <laughs> It'll be flag football. With pads. Touch. With pads. <laughs> two-hand touch. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. With flags. But, um, <laughs> and then that way maybe it the Jets can finally win a game. Oh, but anyways. Again, again, there, just back it up, roll over me, drive over, back up, reverse, go ahead. No, but Thank it is you. crazy, and it's happening. And, and again, just, you know, for a little moment, really, like a serious moment. Actually, um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but on Long Island... Pretty close to where I grew up, a kid was actually killed playing football last week. Um, Sean Wading River. Yeah, I think I Tom Cutnella. He it, um, off a head impact? Yeah, he, he got hit, and um, they didn't really, you, you know, he got hit and he wound up dying from a hit on the field. Yeah. yeah. So the contact and the things that are happening are, you know what I mean? Like, I understand to an extent. Like, I get let the men play and it's this, that, and the other thing, but there are these things happening because people are more aggressive, they're stronger, you know, even at the NFL level, you know, there's there's all this happening, so I get the flags, but there's just, for me, there's not, like, there's no standard yet. It's like, one thing is a call, and one thing's not a call. There's no consistency. Yes, that's what I was looking for. And the flag, I know. Um, So, you know, there's not not a lot of consistency, And, and sometimes that's difficult to do because different officiators have different ways of calling what they feel. Because, you know, some of those calls, they're pretty explicit, but they can also be subjective in the eye of the officiator. Maybe they felt it was too much. Kind of like an umpire calling balls and strikes, you know? Right. Some, to some umpires, they would call a strike on something. And I think it's the but same thing with... at least with that, I feel like umpires, if they're going to call a game, their strikes and balls are consistent. Like, they have maybe their strike zone is different from a different umpire, but throughout that baseball game, it'll be consistent calls. And I think that's what's not consistent in, in football. And I feel like that's why everyone's like, well, this, that, nearly. Like, if consistently touching a jersey was a flag, we would all get like, okay, that's a flag, but it's like he, they, they get away with it one time yeah. and they don't the next time. That's why we're all like, what's going on? But you yeah. remember these guys are also politicians, so they have to be down on the field and they have to politic with the refs. It's like this whole gambit of 
give and take. You know, it's like taking money under the table. Like, <laughs> you know, even the refs are fans of these guys. So, like, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to let him get away with this one. He's, he's a good player. I like him. <laughs> kind of thing. It's all psychological. You got to remember that they're all human beings, and everything plays into the psyche of the ref, just like everybody else. Yeah. They go and they watch right. the games, and they're subject to media, pop culture, advertising, and all this stuff that's propagandizing. That's not a word. But push into our psyche. That's, that's pushing into everybody's psyche about how they perceive So you're trying people. to say that football is fixed? I'm saying every sport is fixed to a certain degree. <laughs> if they talk about Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan used to travel all the time and do all these things, and they didn't call him on it because they're like, Michael Jordan, he can get away with anything he wants to. They do that. Is that That's why they I'm put doing. him out the league for three years due to his gambling uh, issues? Those are for other reasons that we will not discuss. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, back so Brad, to the game. Yes. What, what, was one, what were some of the highlights of the game that stuck out to you? Was there anything in particular? Or? Um, Crabtree is a beast, and Anquan Bolton is a beast. I mean... Uh, I really liked uh, seeing Trey Mason getting his first carries, though. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Trey Mason, there were quite a few rookies on the Rams that had um, their first starts. Well, not necessarily first starts, but good games tonight. We had Trey Mason, Auburn. Another Auburn guy was Greg Robinson, their number one pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then we had Florida State, LaMarcus Joyner, who I think had... He had a, a pretty like a notable play at the end of the game. I feel like um, I, don't remember. I wrote it down somewhere. My notes are so crazy, but um, and then Aaron Donald, who has the only sack of the team so far this season. Um, yeah, they were talking about Donald despicable. how he how his mentality too. It's like a vet, like it's, he's like a rookie, but he seems like he's been there for like five years. Just his awareness and the way he talks to his team and stuff like that. So I feel like he was definitely performing. Did you see that hit he put on? Yes. Um, straight up the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, just straight up plastered. When he hit Frank uh, Gore? Yeah. When he, he, just, he took Gore just straight yeah, up. You, yeah, yeah, you saw that hit. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he pushed him back. He, yeah. He, yeah. He didn't fall and forward. Gore's a strong back, too. Yeah, he yeah. Is, yeah. But he, you know who got clobbered on your team? <laughs> Ellington? Is that him? Number 10? Is that his name? Ellington? You're he, talking about our 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 our, receipt, our special teams our, our, our returner? returner? Yeah, he like took it and like tr- he got clobbered <laughs> twice. Well, I mean, for, for, he did, but you I know, mean, he like took it on like the three and tried to run and got smashed. Yeah. That's the thing with being a punt yeah. returner is though is knowing when to fair catch it, when to call a fair catch, knowing when to get out, or knowing when he to run back. Tis true. But sometimes you know punt returners, and you know this yeah, sometimes. Of yeah, you know they, they're they, the they, most dangerous. And daring yeah. guys in the NFL, yeah, to sit and back there and watch a ball. And daring, that's... but when you're taking a ball on the three, like let it go in the end zone. Okay, you got to understand the mind of a person who will stand there while eleven other or ten other guys that are running full speed, yes, on an open field, and you don't even get to really look at these guys. You got to look up in the air, exactly, for this ball to come down. That's I you're, get you're, you're, it. you're He's different got with the a completely balls. different psyche of an individual who <laughs> right. does that. I totally get it. I'm yeah. just saying it wasn't the smart play twice. So you think that he should have either fair cop that or just let the ball go into the end zone for end a touchdown? End zone, throw a block. Bram, do you agree with that? You said you played some special teams. Absolutely. You stand on the 10-yard line. If it goes over your head past the 10, you let it go. I mean, unless it's... True. So what? If, so if it comes... So when do you fair catch? If you're after, if you're above the 10 and they're within like a yard of you, then you would fair catch it, right? Yeah. If, if you, Let's say you're on the 8. And the ball's coming, and you see two guys that might possibly be able to down the ball within, you know, right next to the goal line. Maybe you fair catch it at the eight. But anything closer to the five or, you know, you got to let it go. Let it go in the end zone get a touchback. Now, have you ever got clobbered as a returner? I have. I got <laughs> clobbered on a kickoff one time. Like snot, snot nose. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness! Yeah. Take us get, through the play. I don't remember. I mean, it happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get hit. It wasn't obviously in the winter time, you know, runny noses, but got hit so hard. Knock this one out of me. Oh, wow. God. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's how you know it was a hard hit. Now, I, I, you know, we talk, you played a lot of positions. You know, you were you you were kicker, uh, um, receiver, returner, quarterback, mm-hmm. tight end, and those you played all those on the same down. That's right, um, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. It was just you but, and like two other people on the field. You hiked the ball to yourself. Yeah. Um, you had like twelve numbers on a jersey. Not twelve. You were the coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that viral video where the guy throws it up and throws it up himself and runs and catches it. Yeah, I was doing that. That's that. you. That was you. You originated that. But I was going to say, out of all those, what what was your favorite position to? play running back running back and yeah. why because you just like enduring hits or what no, was it about no i like running over people oh, oh 
all right. That's right, with your 36, you know, vertical <laughs> and your bicep 45. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Now, have you? This is happening. Squatting. I know, right? <laughs> now, you said you've gotten clobbered before. Have you ever absolutely clobbered somebody else? Yeah, a number of times. <laughs> there was one time I think I clobbered a guy. He fumbled it, but I think I got a concussion. So I don't know if that counts mm. for who clobbered who if I got a concussion. Clobbered but. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we won't do an arm wrestle. <laughs> People are going to walk out with two black eyes, both of you. So since running back was your favorite position, and you mentioned already that you were excited to see how Trey Mason performed tonight, what do you think his future is in the NFL? I mean, obviously he played against a very good defense tonight, and he had five carries for 40 yards and one reception for 12 yards. Pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him at Auburn. You know, I actually went to the, uh, the national championship game when they played Florida State. So, I mean, he was nasty in college. So, if he can do that in the NFL, he'd be good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's, um, he's pretty tight. But it's always a hard transition from NFL, particularly at the running back position. I think that's one of the hardest transitions to make from college to NFL. Yeah. Because, you know, you have, in college, you, you don't have linebackers that can run four, five, forties and, you know, are as athletic as they have in the they're, NFL. They're the they're, premier and very few and far between. But, you know, when you're, when you go to the NFL, the game is just that a little bit faster. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you've got guys that are gonna, will come and s- smack the snot out of you in a heartbeat <laughs> if you, you know, you gotta run north and south. Your fundamentals have to be so on point and so tight and you have to be very disciplined. You, you can't get away with a number of things. That's why when you see like fantastic plays in the NFL, you're like, wow, that really happened because you're dealing, dealing with such a level of, Elite discipline, yeah, and, and elite athleticism that that those certain breakdowns just don't happen. So when those big plays happen, it's really a bigger deal than even a fan can appreciate, even from the player's standpoint. Yeah, especially when it's a rookie too. Like we saw in our Hard Knocks episode, where Devonte Freeman, who's the rookie on the Falcons this year got hit really hard. I think it was in one of the practice games against the Titans or something, yeah. and he went up to Steven Jackson and was like, man, he just came out of nowhere and yeah. hit me, and he's like, well, they're going to do he's that. He's like, welcome. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's welcome like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of um, rookies this year, though, in the receiver and running back position that have been playing really well. I mean, granted, the Bills aren't that good, but Sammy Watkins has been playing well. We have Anton Smith on the Falcons that's been playing pretty well. Yeah, Trey Mason had a great game tonight. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree with this, that maybe the college level has risen a little bit more and it's not as big as a gap going from college to NFL as it used to be. Do you guys agree? Well, you know, that's a very interesting, Mm. you know, uh, I guess debate that you bring up because, you know, I think that before you would have i mean i mean if you look years you would you would have rookies that made immediate impacts in the NFL even if you look you know 10 years back uh, right you know, uh, or even seven years back. Look at Adrian Peterson his rookie year. He practically broke every record. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that I think also college players are being prepared a lot more for the transition into the NFL. And they're getting a lot more better um, coaching, training, and just overall um, skill set that they're acquiring before making the jump. So you do see them having immediate impacts. The one thing I have not seen an impact from so far this year, though, was rookie quarterbacks. Yes. And, you know, even rookie quarterbacks that are playing somewhat good, like Derek Carr, are still 0 for 5 or whatnot. Yeah. So I haven't really seen... Right, but that's... But I feel like... I feel like that's just the... Like, it's like everything's changing so much. Because last year or the year before, they were great. So next year, it might be good. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that... The question that you posed, do we agree or disagree? I feel like the level of the NFL has definitely risen, but oh, yeah. also college has risen too. So there's still a gap. Maybe the gap looks different, but there's still a gap. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel like No, there definitely is, but and also I guess no, But I'm saying like I don't think it's smaller or bigger. I think that it's just different. Like the level yeah. cuz years ago the NFL maybe was at a 5 and college was at a 2, and now the NFL maybe is at an 8 and college is at a 5. Like it's the same 
per, you know Rel- what I mean? Like it's relatively it's, the it's same. It's relatively the same yeah. gap. It's just the position that players are in college now is different than it was years ago, but also the NFL position is different. Because you didn't have things happening in the NFL that are now 20 years ago. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's uh, everything has been changing together. Well, it evolves. Evolving, you know. yeah. What well, do you, do you agree? Guys are getting bigger, stronger, and faster every year. Yes. Absolutely. What, yeah. what are they feeding them, boys? Drugs. <laughs> Bram, do you agree with that? I do. Drugs. I do agree. I mean, yeah, it's just, I feel like I mean, look at the athletes we have today versus the athletes, you know, 20, 30 years ago. It's just, yeah. you know, just evolving. Right. Well, we have people like uh, Deshaun Jackson who had a full ride to Cal for baseball or football. He's a very, very good athlete, you know, just all around. So that's what I think we're getting now is these guys that can play. Any, I think somebody, was it in the game tonight? I think it was on Sunday. I don't remember who it was, but they were saying, "Oh, he used to play football, or he used to play baseball." Someone that well, kind of laid out. Kaepernick. Davis. Kaepernick used to be a pitcher. No, they were talking about Davis though. And would, Austin used to play baseball. Yeah, they were talking about him because he was on the run. It was a receiver exactly. though, Russell so Wilson. it must have been tonight on Sunday. They were talking about Davis. Okay. Yeah, tonight yeah. they were talking about Davis and baseball. And Michael and, Vick, actually, your favorite quarterback, got drafted <laughs> yeah. as um, in the in Major League Baseball. Yeah, um, he was like in the hundredth round or something, but it was way back. But he was also drafted, so it's not it's not uncommon for um, that's been going on for decades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and exactly. also what I have to say too is actually a friend of mine um, heard. Child was visiting a college this weekend, and I think too with that whole everything's evolving and changing. I mean, kids nowadays, ninth and tenth grade, are committing to colleges. Yeah. So I feel like the, yeah. the whole bar has changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. The standard has changed. You would never do that, and it's crazy to me that kids are committing to college that young yeah. for sports because what happens if they get too. hurt? Right. So but for, um, not a. I mean, maybe like five years. It's not like ten years, fifteen no. years ago. Well, well talk, talk I, about it. Like us. I don't know about that. Kids have been getting recruited for a while now, at least 15, 20 years. From, from like Definitely not 20 years. Well, apparently LeBron James. LeBron, <laughs> you gotta remember, this is a business. Right, these but, guys but what I'm saying for college, they're, they're, they're getting they're, recruited, but they weren't committed. Pop order. Huh? They really are, though. Like yeah. signing stuff in ninth grade, what college are going to. Well, well I mean, you, can't you, you can't sign, sign anything, anything before 18 anyway. But they're verbal, so a verbal commitment. It's all verbal. And, and then they the parents go- are all in on it. And then you're trying to figure out why certain schools are... It's crazy. Know. It's like they're allowed... One, one, someone I know did this this weekend. They're allowed to have the kid on campus for 48 hours. And they schmooze and wine and dine the kids. And they want like a verbal commitment that these kids are going to come play for their school. <laughs> right. And, and just because... Crazy, but it wasn't like that. Tw- when I was in high school 20 years ago, it definitely wasn't like that. Right. And just because they verbally... 20. No way. <laughs> She's Thanks for just yeah Stussy. yeah she she just <laughs> disclosed her age twenty year reunion next year you want to come but you, you, you know the thing <laughs> is that you hear is that you actually and I've, I've read this a lot to kind of piggyback on what you said kids that are kind of foregoing the second semester of their senior years of high school to enroll early at colleges and they go to spring ball. like Matt Barkley did it um, Cody Kessler I know those are USC quarterbacks but you hear about that a lot here in LA mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you hear about that a lot a lot of players will do that and will graduate early and will be on college campuses technically their senior year of high school yep. to get into the system and yep. whatnot. So, right. yeah, I think the recruiting, I think it's been going on for a while, but I just think now the recruiting is a lot more aggressive yeah. and um, it, you know than we've seen 20 years ago. Yeah, right. my point yeah. is that the, the whole spectrum of the game from high school to college, from college to pro has changed. No, that's true. Across when the board, when I was in the fifth grade, there were scouts from the Sacramento Kings looking at me. Yo, so I, I, I totally played varsity in seventh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Anyway, uh, anyway, back to come. Monday Night Football. Yeah. I want to ask. I'll start with Bram again because we were just talking about the rookies on um, the Rams defense. Do you think the problems with this defense is is it inexperience or are they really that bad? Maybe both. I mean, Janoris Jenkins, he got beat up pretty bad tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously you can't blame it on one guy. But but the Niners are good. The Niners are really good. So, I mean. Thank you. They are. I mean, I it could have easily been a blowout. But like you said, that is like maybe the Niners didn't. They didn't show up. Yeah. You know, see, the Niners are very modest. You know what I mean? They knew it was a, <laughs> a night. Just like you, right? Oh, yeah, they're very humble. <laughs> they knew it was a night they were honoring, you know, the Rams and stuff. They didn't want to come in there and just absolutely dismantle the poor kid. Oh, my god. They wanted to come in and make it fun. You know what and, I have to say about you know, the Niners? And, and let me finish my point before you jump on me because I know you're going to. I feel like, and I can be wrong, 
I feel like we're seeing a little bit of a different Kaepernick, at least in this game. I don't know if it's true for the whole season. I feel like he's settling down slightly. I feel like last year, watching him play, that... If the play wasn't going the way it was supposed to, he'd just take off and run. He was running and running and running, and he's still running, and he can run, and he gets lots of rushing yards. But I feel like tonight there was a few times where I would have thought he was going to run, and he didn't. He was, like, waiting for the play to form and happen. Like, I feel like he's settling in might be the wrong word because he came settled and he performed awesome right away, but I feel like he's playing with his head a little bit more or something like are you going to jump on me or I it- am not going to jump I was going to I think that was one of the most beautiful eloquently insightful things you've ever said <laughs> Oh awesome. my god! No, I felt that in my heart. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna I, you just know. throw up over here real quick. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I, that was very, very. I, I'm feeling emotional that that was so good. But yeah, you know, basically what you're, you're saying is Kaepernick has. Well, first of all, he's one of few, few quarterbacks that has the ability to extend plays. We saw Russell Wilson do that last Monday night. Yes. Right. But Kaepernick does have that ability to do that. He can evade defenders and wait for plays to develop, wait for receivers to find isolation and get yeah, but open. But he didn't used to. And, he used to just take off because he could, and he wouldn't get. That's, well, that's because he had that Michael Vick syndrome where he yeah, just wanted like to I run like the whole time. No I, offense. I'm sorry. No, no that's because okay. I feel like even last season, I'm like, oh, man, this is another great quarterback, but he's so going to get hurt because he's just going to run into this thing, and he's not doing that as much, so I'm not... It, but it, one thing also is the Rams didn't really put too much pressure on him tonight. They did. I, I, well, I didn't there was one sack did. against, but that was, their, that was their first sack of the whole year, so no, that was a big one. No, they didn't sack him. They had, I, the I, one sack I, came from a previous game. There were I, no sacks. No, they sack, sacked him, but nope. there was a horse collar. Nope. There were no sacks. What, the Rams I, I could did not wanna, sack anyone tonight. We, we'll have to check with our statistician in the booth there. Uh, uh, he's looking it up yeah, for us. Yeah, Steven, you can check, but, but I'm pretty sure, no, I'm like 99% sure that there's no sacks on Kaepernick tonight. And he was, previous prior to this game, uh, the highest sacked quarterback in the season right now with 13 sacks, I believe. Yeah, and that's probably just from his ability to run around and try to, um, you know, uh, extend or extend, extend plays. plays. But yeah. I will say this in regards to what you said, that he actually, he threw for over 360 yards tonight, which is his second highest passing total since he became a starting quarterback. And also, to, to, to say, to um, uh, you know, to uh, attest to what you said, outside of the pocket, Colin Kaepernick has 102 quarterback rating outside of the pocket and 21 touchdowns since 2002. That is the highest touchdowns and highest quarterback rating of any QB in the last couple of years. So wow. that shows you how valuable he is, not That's just inside testament. the pocket, but outside the pocket right. as well. And it's a testament to his development yeah. and his, um, the evolution of Colin Kaepernick. And yeah. man, that boy, that boy's getting dangerous. He's well, also he's getting dangerous. He's also taking the lead for uh, top rusher out of quarterbacks in the NFL right now, 242 rush yards. Yeah. So I believe he surpassed Russell Wilson mm-hmm. um, and Cam. Even though Cam had like a hundred and ten yards on Saturday, right. Sunday, yeah. he was beasting. But right. but um, yeah, you know, Cap is. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no that's okay. Yeah, um, he might have got rid of the ball on the horse collar, but they did tackle him. <laughs> um, but anyway, no so sacks. what's with um, what you said? Let's, that? You said no, yes to. I would like. What to about Kaepernick and his <laughs> headphones though? You see? Did you hear he about that? Fine. He got fined. He got fined ten fine. grand. Because after every game, he's like this. Yeah. 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 And apparently beats, tonight, after the game, whoa, whoa, he got fined ten grand for what? For wearing his beats after the game. Why? In his pre- I guess you're not allowed to wear no, any because other because NFL they have a deal with Bose. Oh. oh, yeah. So because it wasn't Bose headphones, he got fined. But hasn't he been doing that for a few Yeah, Because he has an endorsement with Beats, right? He does. So, so they're probably paying that fine just like exactly. Michael Jordan. used to pay for Michael Jordan. Exactly. Right. So tonight, well, but tonight he wore them and he actually taped over the Beats thing. Because mm-hmm. everyone him? still knows their <laughs> They don't know if it's going to be fine, but that just popped up. That's a good stats. question. Will they still be able to find him even though if he's, you know, concealed the well, identity of him? Anyway, anyway, might as well the yeah. Well, sticking on the subject of Colin Kaepernick, here comes my fabulous question for you, Kevin. Uh-oh, here we go. I want you to compare Colin Kaepernick to Steve Young. Do you think that Colin Kaepernick is on the path to being <laughs> the best quarterback be in 49ers history? Well, first of all, you have to you have to compare a lot of stats. First thing first, and through Steve Young's... Apples, apples. Apples, apples. Through Steve Young's first 
20 games. He was, or excuse me, 19 games. He was 10 and 9. Colin Kaepernick is actually 20, uh, 20, uh, excuse me. He was actually. They showed that stat yeah, after he the has game. A, He's anyways, got a better. He has a better yes. winning record than Steve Young does. And the only thing that Steve Young actually beat him in was Super touchdowns. <laughs> well, uh, okay. But first of all, you have to look at the surrounding cast. <laughs> yes, yes, when Steve yes, Young yes. took over for Joe Montana, he had Jerry Rice. He had, um, you know, he, he had Taylor. He had um, Britt Jones at tight end. I mean, he had some of the best. And people. he was under the tutelage of Joe Montana for a minute exactly. as well. Which well so him. Did I would like- argue that Steve came into a better situation than Kaepernick came into as far as surrounding cast is concerned. But to answer your question, will he become the next Steve? Young. Not the next Steve Young. Will he, is he on the right path to becoming the best 49ers quarterback in history? Because right now, wouldn't you say that that's Steve Young? I, I I I would say Colin has to win at least a few. So that's basically saying that Steve Young. And Joe, that Joe Montana is not the best. Right. That's why I just asked. I said, "Would you say Steve Young is the best? Are you saying, or would you say?" So, Joe so Montana? you're asking me who do I think the best quarterback of 49, well, 49ers of all time? Okay, is? so let me. The reason why I brought that up was because of the stats that they showed after the game. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Did I didn't realize I that did Colin Kaepernick yeah. had a better uh, winning percentage. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm asking the question. But if you think that Joe Montana is better, same question. I'm just wondering if you see. The potential, obviously, we have no idea what the future holds. But for what, from what he's done so far, is he on the path to? Is he on pace to yes. actually? That is a very records. good question, and I would say it's kind of premature to make that prediction. I would agree, but. For, for the simple fact you asked me, and I'm going to give you an answer, I think Colin has to prove himself a lot more effective as a pocket passer in order to be able to achieve. Because right now, Colin is benefiting off a of great defense that uh, uh, San Francisco has. And, you know, he's, he's starting to be, they're building the correct pieces around him. So, you know, because Colin is not a quarterback you're going to put out there and you're going to make him beat you with his arm. He's not going to be a quarterback that's going to throw for 350, 400 yards day in and day out or, you know, attempt 45 attempts. He's not the kind of quarterback that's going to do that. You know, he plays a very good game. Um, they have a, a huge rush um, game that goes into the percentage of plays that they do. So I think that in order for Colin to be, um, you know, put up the with the elites, the Youngs, the Montanas, he has a lot more developing to do with um, what is overall just throwing. And uh, but I, I would say this: I wouldn't rule it out, but he has a lot of room to go right. if he wants to be mentioned with Joe Montana. Right, but but I'm just saying, like with with that question being on track. I mean, the stats show that he's on track. Right. Yeah. And that's Actually, why I, I, I got it wrong. It yeah, was through it, the first twenty nine games. Yeah, it was the first twenty nine means that he had more pass yards than Steve Young. He had less rush yards than Steve Young. And I also think that maybe because Steve Young was there as one of the announcers is maybe why they also were like, "This is something awesome." Because maybe. then Steve Young was talking about it afterwards. But if you look at it, he actually has a better first twenty nine starts with the Niners than Steve Young, except in rush yards. So I feel like the answer to the question is in the statistics. That is yes. But Bram, Whoa. I think. I I saw you shaking your head when I asked that. Oh, well, it, I mean, it's tough to say because will Colin Kaepernick have better stats than Steve Young? Sure. But, I mean, what's hey. what's the telltale sign of a good quarter? Is it Super Bowl wins or is it stats? Thank you. Because yeah. if you go to stats, if you look at Montana's overall stats, he doesn't even break, like, the top five when it comes to passing yardage, touchdowns. Exactly. He's, I mean, I don't even think he's in the top ten. Stat, we can look stats, that up. But stats always stat- only tell part of the story. You, they never tell Exactly. Right, but for the That's question if he's on track to be that good... Well, it depends on what you define as good. Are you right. defining good by stats or defining good by wins, Super Bowl wins, postseason right. wins? So I think how are you caliber of quarterback as Steve Young or Joe Montana? You, you do you think he will have like once he's there for the longevity that they've been there? You don't think that they would be comparable or that Kaepernick will surpass? Yeah, if because one thing is, will he have the longevity? If Colin can play another ten full seasons, right. maybe even twelve, thirteen. I mean, you see how Peyton is like on his 
35th right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, right. you know, if he does have the longevity, that's a really good question. Will he be able to produce the way that he does? I but think, yes. you got to look at Collins' postseason record. His first year as a starter, when he took over midway through the season, he took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Impressive. He was, what, uh, three for one because he lost the Super Bowl to the Ravens. And then the subsequent year, um, he lost in the NFC, NFC championship. championship against Sherman and those Hawks. So, I but mean. You, you brought up a good point earlier. You know, Montana and and, and Young, they had a supporting cast that were like Exa- a who's who phenomenal. Of, yeah, right. How many Hall of Famers were on those teams? Exactly. So, so he's Kaepernick, doing this good Kaepernick, with not with without that supporting cast. I think so Kaepernick you know, other factors as well. Because to me, I also breed. think that overall, I don't think that the league is as good as the league used to be. Mm. Just fundamentally, as football players, I don't think that the league is as good as they used to be. Athletically, they're probably more athletic. I just don't maybe think that they're as good as of football players. Just like you have guys in, in the NBA. They, mm-hmm. You know, they're great. They can jump through the roof, but I don't think they're as good as basketball oh, no. players. No. It's the same thing. No, I just no. don't think fundamentally the NBA is as good. So okay. that's why I think me and Bram are like, that. you can't, stats don't tell everything. You know, this. See, I don't know that I tell, agree they with they that. They only tell some of it. They don't, it only tells yeah. part not the, of the story. Not the stats part, but the as good thing. Well, I mean, if you look at stats, you can look at someone like Brett Favre, who has the most touchdowns of all, uh, all time. Well, it's about to get surpassed yes. by Peyton Manning <laughs> yeah, he's next like three week. Away, right? Or yeah. two away. You know, and uh, passing yardage. But then again, even Peyton Manning, you're looking at a guy who has all the stats in the world, but it's one and two in Super Bowls. His brother Eli is two and zero in Super Bowls. Ben Roethlisberger is two and zero, but yet those stats, their stats, will not stack up. So it's kind of like at the end of the day, when you look at Super Bowl wins and stats, it's kind of well. But that's crazy because I mean, think about like four or five years ago when the Jets were in the playoffs. Okay, that's like a fluke. The a Jets wa- made the playoffs. Yes, I'm a sorry, wild card. No, follow me <laughs> here for a second. Like, Mark oh, Sanchez took no, him no, his no, first no. two Dude, years. Time out. Follow me here. So, and it's not just because it's about the Jets, but like what you're trying to say is that what if a team that has a crappy season, like a nine and six season or whatever it is they had before, and it wasn't that, but um, nine and seven, nine and seven, and they get into or they had whatever they had, and they get a wild card play, and then they get a fluke of two, three games, and get to the Super Bowl and win. You're uh, saying that then the Jets are a better team than the Niners because they didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, timeout. Technically, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the fluke team gets in, and it, I don't think it's based on just the Super Bowl stats. You know what I mean? If there's a consistency and there's a team and there's stats, right. so let me ask you a question. I don't know. And uh, also ju- plays a part in exactly right, in, but, in but there well are te- there are times where there's huge upsets and teams that shouldn't be there are there and get in and win. By, for for, yeah. for example, if you look at uh, three years ago, the uh, the Giants they were only nine and seven. They barely made it to the wild card. They won three games, end up upsetting the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. And then if you look two years prior to that, the uh, Patriots had a perfect season. One they were what uh, right, but the, even- and then the Giants upset them again in the Super Bowl. Well, are you saying that the Giants Giants are a better team than the Patriots those two years, or do you think the Patriots are a better team than the Giants? That's what I'm saying. I believe the Patriots, and this pains me to say, but the Patriots were a better team. So that kind of negates what you guys are all talking about with that statistics well, versus that's, wins. That's what I'm saying. There's a complete flip side right, to that. Right, and that is what that that is the biggest thing in sports is half the people base who is good on stats. Half the people base it on your resume. Basically, what have you done? Well, but I just it, it, not so, even is so it based everyone, on stats, right? No, so everyone just the Super Bowl has win. different. Everyone has different. Well, it's not just the Super Bowl win. I think he's talking about MVPs, Pro Bowl appearances, all the all encompassing awards yeah. that you get. But the get. stats you get to the Pro Bowl if you have the stats. Not well, necessarily. At the end of the day, I'll put it like this: the only time stats matter is Hall of Fame candidacy. And going into the Hall of Fame, that's the only time stats matter. Rings, sometimes, I mean, rings always support the stats and they can validate yeah, they you mm-hmm. as an athlete. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're looking at Hall of Fame candidacy, they look at your stats, what you have done throughout the years. Otherwise, like, Robert Ory would be considered better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> exactly. She has seven rings. Exactly. Or even Steve Kerr, who has like five or six that's rings. That's what I'm saying. You know? right. like, I feel so, like there's a lot of different factors. So, I, But but see, this is the only thing, and I know we, we got to move on, so I'm going to say <laughs> my one last thought, because you're doing a great job of keeping us on track here. The only thing that I will say about rings... <laughs> To that being, to that credit, uh, validating someone's greatness 
is that with every great player, they believe you can, you're supposed to be able to win on the biggest stage. What good is it if you're seen as this MVP caliber player, um, put up all the stats in the world, but you can't win on the business, uh, the biggest stage? So that's, that's, wait, so that's my last question is, Do you guys think, I, I, I hear you that you don't think that the supporting cast around Colin Kaepernick this season is as good as, say, with what Steve Young had, but with what he has this year, how they played tonight, how they played the last couple of games when they've turned it around, do you think that the 49ers will be back in the Super Bowl this year? Let's start, I want to start with Bram. I want to start with Bram. Will the 49ers be back in the Super Bowl? Yes. 50-50. I mean, they gotta beat the Seahawks. But the Cowboys just beat the Seahawks. That's true. I, don't, I, I think if the Cowboys played the Seahawks ten times, the Seahawks would win seven. I agree with you on that one. So eight. That's good. I, I agree with you, too. I was going to say seven and a half. Yeah, I would love to see an upset, see the Cowboys and the, and the Arizona Cardinals. That's yeah, that'd be an interesting see. Super Bowl. I don't want to see the Cowboys anywhere until <laughs> Romo is... No mo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Steph, I'll move on to you then. What do you think about the 49ers' chances of being in the Super Bowl this year? I don't think they'll be in the Super Bowl. I think they'll be in the playoffs. You can dismiss yourself from <laughs> the show right now. Yeah. If they are in the Super Bowl, I will come over and watch with you and wear every piece of 49ers. You guys heard that. that. So, Kevin, I'm not even going to ask you because I know wow. you're going to say yes, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. That is. <laughs> she just shut me up. Uh, no, they <laughs> will. <laughs> They will be in the 2017 Super Bowl. Yeah, I honestly, I think they're going to make it to the NFC Championship again this year, and they're going to lose. 2017 Super Bowl. I think Colin Kaepernick, I think they need another another year. And I think everyone on this panel just disrespected me. But, Kevin, (laughs) before before we move on to our predictions, Bram, tell us a little bit more about your movie. You know, what What do you want the fans to know about this movie? What inspired you? Obviously, we know you played with Travis, but what else inspired you to create this screenplay? 23 Blast. Yeah. Yes, 23 Blast. Um, I want the fans to know what an incredible story it is, you know, about Travis Freeman. And just to, you know, after you see the movie, just to, to come home and just be inspired to uh, have faith again, have faith in life and whatever God you believe in, and just know that, you know, with the power of your will and, you know, the power of your your mind you can do anything you know travis freeman he he could have easily thrown the towel towel in you know going blind overnight is i can't even imagine that and then to play football blind is just another thing so just to be inspired just to go out and live your life and just know that uh life is uh very precious and it's never never promised yeah. it's a great story amen amen yeah. i um i had this experience once that as soon as i read about your film that it reminded me of i was snowboarding and um, we got off the ski lift, and we were, like, strapping in. And all of a sudden, like, four or five uh, of the ski lifts were filled with people that had on these bibs that it said visually impaired skier. And I just sat there. And I don't really write a lot, but this is one of the times where I wrote this whole, like, big blog about it. Because I was just like, man, the amount of trust that these people, they were literally skiing down the mountain with somebody behind them going left, 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 right, 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 left, left, left on a mountain. Like the amount of, like I get the chills talking about it. And I was just, like I kind of just like trailed them just to see what was happening. And I was so curious. And it just, it really gave me that like, wow, this is what life's about. Like we're all here as one. We're supposed to trust each other. We're supposed to be there for each other. And I feel like this and showing Travis and got the amount of trust because this is like you're going into battle. I mean, I know it's kind of dramatic. I don't mean like war, like soldiers and don't take it there. But you know what I mean? It's like he's trusting his team, his coach, his friends, his family, that this is a good idea. And and then he's trusting what they say. Mm -hmm. And it's like a contact sport. And it's not like he's just trusting it as as he trusts like something else to be safe to like cross a street or something that he can't do. But he's feeling physical impact. Yeah. And he's trusting that he's going to be okay. And, like, to me, that's – it's got to be so crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm really, really excited to, to hear it, to see this film. And I'm, I'm so glad you came because I didn't know about it. Yeah. And um, is there any more that you can tell us about the story that wouldn't ruin it? Or is it kind of like, wait, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. Just, okay. You know, you know the story of him, you know, going blind overnight. And uh, he thought everything was over. really didn't have a reason to live. And uh, – his coach said, "You know what? I think you can play." And he was like, "Wow, play what?" 
to play football. And so, you know, and uh, yeah, they brought him back on the team. And, you know, it was a struggle at first, but uh, he kept fighting. And uh, Now, quick question. Mm-hmm. Was, so he, was he just legally blind or was he like... Yeah, blind, le- blind. I know there's like different levels of blindness. Black blind. Right. Was he like Ray Charles blind? Yeah, he was legally blind. Yeah, wow. overnight. Okay. Yeah. So does that mean he couldn't see So he couldn't see, see sights or colors or... Complete darkness, complete wow. black. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Overnight. Well, not amazing in a good way, but just, you know, that's just astounding. No, it's, it's amazing that he was actually able to come and still play yeah oh well yeah yeah of course that's i mean like that's that's beyond amazing how long? that's inspirational oh, I don't yeah. know, like, you know but can can you, if you can't answer it don't i'm like curious george so i'm just gonna want to know how long did it take to convince him to play or is that ruining it uh, that's not ruining it i mean i think it probably took a, a few weeks or so i mean of course in a movie you have to hollow hollywood eyes everything but uh right yeah a week or so Wow. And you play his best friend, correct? I do. I play the quarterback, his best friend. So yeah. obviously you have a big role in his life and probably in all of his decisions, which I'm excited to see. Yeah. How did he feel? Um, what was it like? Did you tell him that you wanted to do this and then you wrote this? Or did you just write it and be like, hey, man, I did this? Like, do you guys still keep in touch? Like, did you have to find him? What was that whole yeah, experience no, we kept, like? Yeah, we kept in touch the whole time. Of course, we called him. We said, hey, we're... We're gonna write a movie about you, and he was like, "Uh, okay, sure." I mean, and he kind of laughed it off, like, "Okay, yeah, that'll never happen. I'll never get a movie made about me." And then years later, we got a script, and we showed up. We said, "Hey, we're gonna start filming." He was like, uh, "Okay," but he was there every day on set, coming in. We put his headphones on. He That's was, cool. He would listen to us on set, so uh, he was super supportive. That's awesome. Yeah, That's so awesome. That's so Twenty Three Blast, you guys, comes out October twenty fourth. That's right. Everyone needs to go see it because it's a very, from what I hear, a very inspirational movie. And I know we'll all be seeing it. So oh, of everyone yeah. else. We've been invited we to the together. VIP premiere. That's oh, right. we have? That's right. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. What we have now. Yeah, as Kevin no put pressure. you on blast. Yeah. <laughs> 23 <laughs> blasts. You said it live here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's move on to predictions real quick, guys. All right. For, oh. <laughs> Jump the gun. So I'll tell you. So, well, first, I guess we should flip back to last week where... Kevin and I were the only ones that thought the Cowboys were going to defeat the Seahawks. So go us. Points for so us. Cool. You yes. guys are so team, red. Team us. Yes. Team us. Team us. And then yeah. I think, yeah, were I you the only one that chose the Redskins, Kevin? I yes. may have been the only one that yes, chose the Redskins. So I'm a believer down. in Kirk Cousins. Sorry. Okay, so then you were wrong on that <laughs> uh, because the Cardinals won. Yeah. Yeah. So this Sunday, we have the Rams versus the Seahawks. Yeah. And the 49ers versus the Broncos, which is a very good one. So, Bram, let's get your predictions. Who do you think is going to win of those two matchups and Just why? Just straight up win, no no spread, nothing like no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> Just who's going to win oh, and why. Gamble, man. we got to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> talking no, spread. Right? Um, I always cheer for the underdog, but, I mean, to be smart, I, I don't think this, the, the Rams, there's no way they can beat the Seahawks. Where are they playing, in Seattle or St. Louis? Doesn't you know, matter. I'm not yeah, sure. It doesn't really matter, no. <laughs> I, well, we yeah. know Seattle at home is pretty much, invi- well, with the exception of what happened <laughs> last weekend, but yeah. Right. Yeah, so no, after what, after what Seattle, what happened to them yesterday, they're definitely going to win next week. And then Broncos versus... 49ers. Where is it? Make the right answer. I'm not sure. Um, is it at home or is it a... I can look. Well, it's okay. It's, I'm going to say Broncos. You're going to go with the Broncos, really? huh? Yeah, I am. Disrespectful. <laughs> Disrespectful. If they're I, a mile high, I don't okay, know. Okay, before I... I'll, I'll let you guys go. So, Kevin... Let me see your predictions. Obviously, I know you are taking the 49ers against yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, I'm They're playing, uh, the Seahawks play in St. Louis. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm <laughs> just telling you. Yeah. They, they could be we, playing in Bora Bora. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> and they play, the Niners play in Denver. Um, yeah. So so basically, we already know who I think is going to win. And that's to take nothing. But I think I think Broncos are an incredible, I mean, obviously we see they, and you know, I think that game will be especially special because of Peyton Manning's record, mm-hmm. which I don't want him to get it on the Niners, but chances are he probably will break it on them. So that would be. That did you, make it did that you pick sweeter. the Seahawks or the Rams? Me? Um, the Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks. Easily. I'm just writing it down. I didn't hear you. So Seahawks and 49ers. But I will predict Peyton will be, uh, get the record. That is. Uh, oh, wait. Time out. Bram, we have to know also who you pick for the Texans-Steelers. Oh, the, night next football. Monday night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Texans uh, in Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh got embarrassed this weekend by Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to think they'd bounce back, especially at, at home. So I'll take the Steelers. Okay. The Browns so are invincible Steph, who are you taking Wait, who did you take for Monday Night Football, the Texans or the Steelers? Um, I say it's going to be a very close game. And I say that the Texans will win off a field goal. You're getting crazy. You're real specific there. <laughs> I am. Um, it's going to be a tie. It's going to be a hard in, in Pittsburgh? This is in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Mm. I'm going to pick the Seahawks and Denver. And? Uh, I hate Pittsburgh, but I'm going to pick them. <laughs> I, I, it's a All very right, bad town is. for me. Uh, you said Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. And you said Seahawks? Mm-hmm. And you said Denver? Mm-hmm. Me and Steph Z are rolling together on this oh, one. Oh, I like it. I like the way you're thinking. Now, me, I, me and Christina are usually on the same page. So, yeah. I just, I mean, I think the 49ers played really well tonight. I have a lot higher hopes for them than I did at the beginning of the season. But? But it at Mile High Stadium... I just and, you know and, and, and I'm sorry. And for the, the fact, and for the major fact that Demarius Thomas is on my team, my fantasy yeah. team. So, so you I'm taking the Broncos. Okay. And obviously the Seahawks. I, I would love to pick the Rams, but I just don't see like like Bram said, the Seahawks got in, embarrassed by the Cowboys, and they probably are going to come out and whoop some butt. You know. Bless you. God bless you. <laughs> um, and then from Monday night, I'm taking the Texans. Honestly, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick has playing has been playing really well. Ha! Connecting with his is he receivers, his, him and his mustache, his beard. man, he has like a is free yeah. beard. like the handlebar Harley <laughs> Davidson kind of. Does he live in Silver Lake? I don't know. Does he? <laughs> Nobody Silver Lake or yeah. Wait, West or Virginia or something? Yeah, no, I don't know. I just I. I want to go with the Texans on this one. Oh. So, right, sweet. Yeah, Bram, too. tell everyone where they can find you. Tell your Twitter handle. Yes, my Twitter handle is at Bram Who, H-O-O. My last name's Hoover, so Bram Who. Uh, that's my Twitter, Instagram, Bram83. Uh, all the information about the movie is on 23blast.com. Great, and it comes out October 24th. Yes, that's right. Steph, where can everyone find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Steph Z with an F. Kevin? Uh, Kevin John, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey Kevin John. And please read my newest blog. It is called Legion of Boom, Clearly Overrated. <laughs> and you can find that on sportsrants.com or on my website, www.itskevinjohn.com. Thaddeus? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Club Thaddeus. And you can find me at Twitter on Twitter and Instagram at Tina Cap. Thank you so much, Bram, for yeah, being here. Absolutely, man. We truly enjoyed your input, and we can't wait to see the movie. Thank you. And we'll catch y'all next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.